hello, and welcome to Rinse and Repeat. I'm Carol Iscaros. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. Y'all know the origins of that amazing line from Amazing Grace by John Newton. But what do you think that line actually means? Listen to it again. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. What Newton is pointing out is that there is healthy, good fear, and obviously unhealthy fear that needs to be done away with. And the solution to both is, amazingly enough, grace, grace, grace. And so we've touched on so far in our Fear Not series that there is healthy fear and unhealthy fear. And I want you to really think about this with me for a moment. There really are two types of healthy fear. And interestingly enough, two types of unhealthy fear. First, let's look at healthy fear for a moment, because this study is going to be on understanding our fears, but really looking at them through the lens of Scripture. What does the Bible say about understanding our fears? Okay, so first, healthy fear. There is healthy natural fear, and there is healthy supernatural fear. Okay, so first, healthy natural fears. Let's think about it. We've again talked about this a lot on the program so far. It's healthy to fear a charging lion or an oncoming train because when you are fearing those things, it says to you, get out of the way, right? It saves your life, it spares you from danger and even strange noises. It puts you in a protective posture. Listen, one day I want to jump out of an airplane and go parachuting with my daughter, Asia Grace. It is one of those bucket list life goal items. I want to go parachuting so badly. And hysterically, her boyfriend, Jacob, on the other hand, not so much. He's not so interested in going parachuting. He has a healthy fear of dying from falling out of an airplane. See, it's a healthy fear. He's convinced that something is really broken with our brains, that we are not afraid of jumping out of planes. So there is healthy natural fears, but there's also healthy supernatural fears. And that put simply is having a healthy fear of the almighty God. Put very simply, that's being in awe of him. It is healthy, it is wise to fear God. John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, he put it this way, godly fear flows from a sense of the love and kindness of God to the soul. And John Newton said in Amazing Grace that it's grace that taught his heart to fear, to fear the almighty God, to be in awe of him. Now, I don't plan to spend too much time on the fear of God. I feel like I could do multiple podcasts on what it means to be in fear and in awe of God. But to touch on it briefly, consider, for example, Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. It says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. What does that passage teach us? 
people, even creation, stands in awe of the Almighty God. Because in one word, God created all that we see and all that we are. There might be evolutionists and many people out there that don't believe that that's true. But the biblical account stands firm. God spoke and it was created. What God has done in creation causes awe. My daughter just came back, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, she just came back from the Austrian Alps. And standing in the Alps caused her to stand in a silenced awe of the Almighty God, in a fear, a healthy, supernatural fear of the Almighty. Or me standing at the Rockies or the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, or even the Red Rocks of Sedona, and that just hushed awe. I feel his creation of the world allows us to stand in awe and healthy fear of who God is. That's a healthy supernatural fear. Or Psalm 112 verse 1 puts it this way. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Okay, so we're blessed when we're fearing the Lord, but then read verse 8 in the same chapter in Psalm 112 verse 8. It says this, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. I want you to catch that. The healthy supernatural fear of God casts out other unhealthy fears, as we're about to see later on in this podcast. See, fearing God doesn't just keep us from sin or give us wisdom. It actually casts out other fears, Listen to me, as I've said so many times in this Fear Not series, the right perspective on God helps us to have the right perspective on the things of this life, on lesser fears, on the unhealthy fears. See, every difficult thing I face, as hard as it is, and as I may wrestle with it in my natural tendency towards anxiety, I can remind myself, nothing would strike me apart from God's sovereignty. Listen to me. Nothing strikes me unless God allows it. That's the sovereignty of the Almighty God. If you believe that God is sovereign, that he is omnipotent, which are fundamental tenets of the Christian faith, okay, then you should believe, as I do, that if something strikes you, it is striking you with the permission of the Almighty God. So me, I have lupus. Thank God it's a, a mild form, but I have lupus and I have bad days. I have days that I'm fatigued. I have days that I'm flaring. I have days where I've got, you know, the sores and the stuff. I also have days where I have relational strains within my family. I have days where I'm wrestling with friends that are gone and my kids moving off to college and where I still grieve moving from New Jersey to Louisiana. I have hard stuff. And I can say with certainty, there is no pain, physical, emotional, spiritual. There is no thing that strikes me that surpasses God's understanding. Nothing comes to me unless God himself has allowed it. Knowing God and fearing him helps me to keep all anxiety-inducing things in my life in their place. If they strike me, they come with a designed purpose. That's a key lesson here in our Fear Not series. A key lesson. Healthy supernatural fear helps me keep unhealthy fears 
in their place. Which gives me really a great segue to the next two key types of fear I think we need to consider, and that's the two unhealthy types of fear we have to talk about. First, we have unhealthy fears that have their origin in the natural frames, okay? Fears that we've discussed even from the beginning of this study, all right? So we have unhealthy fears that can start from healthy ones. So a healthy fear, as I've said, is you can have a healthy fear of oncoming trains or charging lines or being hit by a car. So you have a natural healthy fear of being hit by a car, but that can actually morph into an unhealthy fear, which is the fear of ever leaving your house. There are some people who never leave their house because they're afraid that they will be hit by a car. So the healthy fear of being hit by a car morphs into an unhealthy anxiety that results in them never leaving their home. This definition of anxiety that we've used all along in our Fear Not series, that pattern of distressful thinking aroused by the anticipation of pain, harm, or loss, that is unhealthy fear. All of the categories we've talked about since our second message in this series, relational, spiritual, financial, emotional fears, even this fear of man, all of that can result from healthy fears that have become unhealthy ones. And finally, I really want to camp a little bit on unhealthy fears that have their origin in the supernatural. So I just talked to you about unhealthy fears that have their origin in the natural right? Unhealthy fears that come from natural fears, like the fear of being hit by a car. I'm now about to talk to you about unhealthy fears that have their origin in the supernatural. All right. So I want you to turn with me to the key passage for this podcast, which is 2 Timothy 1.7. And I know many of you have been waiting. When is Carol going to get to, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind which is 2 Timothy 1.7. Some of you have this tattooed to your arms. You have stickers on your laptops and bumper stickers on your car. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Some of you wondered if that was going to come up in the Holy Spirit message on fear or not. When was this coming? And I have it right here. Now, I know you know this verse well, but for you to understand it fully, I think it's important that we read it in its context. And you know, even though I don't have a lot of time on the podcast to read passages in their context, I feel as thorough students of the scriptures, it's critical that you read the Bible and study it in its context, read it and study it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. So let's read verses five through eight. Paul is talking to Timothy here. And again, this is Second Timothy, and I'm reading you chapter one, verses five through eight. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Pause there. 
So Paul is exhorting young Timothy about his ministry. And in verse five, he's reminding him of the role of those faithful women in Timothy's life. And listen to me, my ladies listening to the podcast, let's be women like Lois and Eunice, those faithful women who were such great examples in Timothy's life. Let's be those women. And in verse six, Timothy was to stir up the gift of God that was in him. Let's do that too. Let's stir up the gift. Listen, everyone listening to me, stir up that gift that is in you. And verse seven, God has not given him the spirit of fear. The term here for spirit is pneuma, okay? P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. And for fear here is delia, D-E-I-L-I-A, which is translated as cowardice, timidity, fearfulness. It's important to note because the term for fear here, delia, is the only time it's used here in the entire New Testament. Other instances for the word fear tend to be the word phobos, from which we get phobia from. This is the only time this word for fear is used in the entire New Testament. In other words, God has not given Timothy the spirit of cowardice in ministry, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But an important question here is, why does this passage say God has not given us the spirit of fear rather than just say God has not given us fear? Okay, I want to make sure you caught the question I just asked you. I know it's a podcast. You're probably in the car or folding laundry or working in the office or doing a million other things. So I just want to make sure we don't miss the question I just asked. This is important. Listen, why does the passage here in Timothy say... God has not given us the spirit of fear rather than just say, God has not given us fear. Why is it talking about the spirit of fear? I think we can look at a couple translations of this verse in verse 7 to help us understand. For example, one translation says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This verse is saying that God has given us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit does not make us fearful. That's the way one translation is putting it. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline to do the things God has called us to do. Can I get a witness? I should not be singing. I shouldn't be doing that. But I get all excited about such things. The Holy Spirit has not called you to timidity. He has not allowed you to be fearful. He has given you power and love and self-discipline. Please note this. If you hear nothing else I say, three main lessons I want you to glean from 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 on understanding our fears. Understanding our fears or our fears, the good, the bad, and the under control. Number one lesson, God did not give us cowardice or any other form of unhealthy fear. If you are struggling with an unhealthy form of fear, you can rest assured God didn't give it to you. If you are struggling with any form of unhealthy fear, you can rest assured God by his Holy Spirit did not give it to you. Listen, natural fears that come in, as we've discussed so much, and we'll do more on that, 
It can be an involuntary reaction. You know, jumping at a sudden noise is an involuntary reaction that God has given you so you can react accurately to a situation. Those types of natural fears are not sinful. But acting on fear in a cowardly way Running when you should stay or staying when you should act by faith in the almighty God can very well be sinful and most certainly is a choice. We choose to be cowards, but we can't blame God for that. Again, unhealthy fears, the pattern of distressful thinking aroused by the anticipation of pain, harm, or loss does not come from God. Say that with me. Unhealthy fears do not come from God. Now, let me ask you this. If unhealthy fears do not come from God, where do they come from? Can we talk about that for a second? Let's ponder that for a moment. So we know they don't come from God because the Bible says they don't come from God. They can most certainly come from the world, right? I feel like COVID was a perfect example of this, all right? The virus itself was enough to make us fearful, Okay, many people got very, very sick and many people died. So the virus itself is enough to make us fearful. But then the news and the media and the way they spun things. And if you don't do this and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do the other thing. And if you don't do this, you're going to be doing this and that and the other thing. And just the fear mongering and on and on and on. It's a perfect example of how the world can make us terrified. We absolutely can lose all faith and all hope. The world can be a source of unhealthy fear. How about unhealthy fears just coming from within us? They can just have a source deep within us from our own insecurity, from our own sin. Sometimes our sin can be a source of unhealthy fear. We know we did something wrong before and now we're fearful. Now we're fearful. It'll be found out or we're fearful that we're going to do it again. But they can also come from the enemy of our souls. I mean, have you ever had that unexplained sense of dread and terror and fear and you can't always explain it? You just know like you just got that shudder and you're like, ugh. Listen, personally, I don't feel it is biblical to call all fear simply a spirit or a demon based on 2 Timothy 1.7. And I've heard that happen, okay? God has not given us a spirit of fear. So people say all fear is spirit or demonic. It can come from a spiritual dimension, but it isn't the only dimension, okay? As I've just explained. But I also fear that people are missing something. It's false to say that some fears do not come from the demonic realm, There are differing spirits, and some of them do bring fear, and I can prove it biblically. Listen to me. In Matthew 12, verse 43, Jesus cast out demonic spirits, and he even referred to them in parables, right? So in John 12, 43, he talks about the unclean spirit that goes out of a man. He goes through the dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. And you know this. So those spirits that he refers to, and you've seen him cast out unclean spirits, and you remember when he cleaned them out, and then he allowed them permission to go into the pigs, and then the pigs were driven off the cliff and died. 
there are many different types of those unclean spirits. We see, for example, lying spirits in 1 Kings 22, verse 23. Lying spirits were in the prophets of Ahab, leading him to destruction. So there were lying spirits in the scriptures. We see Saul dealing with distressing spirits. 1 Samuel 16, verses 14 through 16. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Distressing spirit. We see that. So spirits that bring about inexplicable feelings of dread do come about biblically. So we can't dismiss them out of hand, and we can't blame all fear on them altogether. Fear can be both things, spirits and non-spirits. Second point I would like to raise on this. As we see in every example I've just raised, unhealthy fear, both the natural unhealthy fears and the supernatural unhealthy fears I've just discussed, involve our torment. I'm going to say that again. In every example we've discussed, unhealthy fears, whether there's natural unhealthy fears or supernatural unhealthy fears, involve our torment. 1 John 4.18 absolutely says it perfectly. Please memorize this verse as part of our Fear Not series. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear involves torment. Please, y'all, tell me a time when you were actually anxious and you were joyful and rejoicing in the Lord at the same time. Think about it. Tell me a time that you were anxious and joyful and rejoicing in the Lord at the very same time. Can you remember time? No, of course not, because anxiety and torment absolutely go hand in hand. So you cannot absolutely tell me that it's possible to rejoice in the Lord and be in torment at the same time. Not possible. And the third lesson, the solution to all unhealthy fear, whether it comes from the natural or supernatural source, is the same. The power of the Holy Spirit, as we have studied, the Spirit in us means power, love, and sound mind. The Holy Spirit is the source, the solution to all forms of unhealthy fear. Again, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Power, as we've said before, is dunamis. The Holy Spirit in us means power. And again, dunamis is where we get dynamite from. It means miraculous power. Look, many times you hear the Holy Spirit involving miraculous courageous power. The book of Acts is full of that. How about Mary having the courage to bring Jesus into this world, despite being a young teenager that could have faced Joseph dumping her and the scorn of her community? The Holy Spirit upon Mary meant courage. That's dunamis right there. That's dynamite, miraculous power. It also means love, which is agape, that unconditional love of God. The Holy Spirit means that kind of love, the fruit of the Spirit. And how does that kind of love do away with fear? 
One of our family phrases is we're in it all together. When something bad happens to one of us, we tend to turn around and say we're in it all together. My oldest was just diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I know it's controllable, but it's definitely another thing, another physical blow to our family. And once again, we're looking at each other and we're saying in it all together. And again, the Holy Spirit gives us a sound mind, which means a calm, ordered, disciplined mind. In other words, the Holy Spirit in us means thoughts that are under control. And we're going to spend an entire podcast on our thinking. But for now, it means that someone is in their right mind. That same phrase is used of the man that was now in his right mind and was no longer demon-possessed in Luke 8.35. See, when the spirit of fear is gone, it means we are now having rightful ordered thinking. Doesn't your fear make your thinking feel totally jumbled and a complete mess? Like you can't think straight? See, the Holy Spirit in you and the work of God in you allows your thinking to get ordered. So to understand our fears, to really cut through the unhealthy natural and the unhealthy supernatural fears. Right now, if you are suffering with deep anxiety, cry out to God right now. Ask Him now and again and again daily that His Spirit would come upon you, fill you afresh, and give you that power that love, and that sound, ordered mind. Listen, I'll recap it for you. I know I covered a lot on this one. We have healthy, natural fears, lions, oncoming trains that are designed to keep you safe. You have healthy, supernatural fears, that fear of God. It gives you wisdom. It protects you. Unhealthy natural fears, it starts with the natural, but it morphs into something bad. Unhealthy supernatural fears, you can't discount the influence of demonic spirits in our day and age. But above all, fold all that into the very power of God's Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit that gives you love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Rinse and Repeat. Again, I'm your host, Carol Iscaros. I love doing this podcast and just getting to share God's Word with you uh, once a week, every week. It has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I would love to hear from you. You can reach out through my website at caroliscaros.com. That's carol, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-K-A-R-O-S.com. I would love to hear from you and communicate with you through the website. There you can learn more about our latest Bible reading plan called Gyra. That's available on the YouVersion Bible app. You can also catch up on any podcast that you have missed, and you can learn about upcoming retreats and other things that are going on perhaps in your area. And along those lines, uh, the upcoming women's conference here in Louisiana is happening on Saturday, August 13th. I warmly welcome anyone in a driving distance from the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area to join us. Again, more details on that at my website. 
You can always also catch this podcast anywhere you can hear podcasts. And again, join me next time for our next installment in this Fear Not series here on Rinse and Repeat.